Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Big Big Ten Football Show, Big Bets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Mogo. Sorry for coming in so late. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm pushing through. I'm fighting through. I was a game-time decision, but this is too big of a week for me not to perform. So here we are. Last week, we went 2-2. Two and two. But since uh had a biggest bet winner, our most units are two-unit play, Ohio State won. It was a plus-one-unit week, which leaves us to, uh, with a record of 23-15 and 15 on the season, plus 12 units. We're talking 23-13 uh, and 13 on sides, 0-1 with the game totals, 0-1 with team totals, which may scare you because we're going to be diving deeper into game totals and team totals in this week's uh, episode, this week's Big Bets episode. And let's start with our Big Bets, right? That's where we normally start. And we're going to go with a familiar team, the Michigan Wolverines, one that have been very good to us this season. And a big reason why I like the Wolverines in this game is their defense, which I think is uh, underrated and and probably the best unit that either team has in this game. And I think they match. I like how they match up against the Michigan State offense, one that has only has faced only one team this year that's in the top fifty nationally in yards per play allowed. Just one team in the top fifty, folks. That's Nebraska, who's 42nd. And against the Cornhuskers, Spartans scored just 23 points in that game, including a punt return touchdown and a field goal in overtime. So in regulation, the offense manages 13 points. Um, Michigan State's offense is a big play offense, but they rely heavily on the big plays. They're first in the country on plays from scrimmage from 60 yards, 70 yards, and 80 yards. They're fifth in plays of 50-plus yards. They're 16th in plays of 40-plus yards. But when they played an Indiana defense that is hard to get those huge plays against, that allows just that has allowed just two plays of 40-plus yards going in, one play of 50, none of 60, the Spartans scored a season-low 20 points, and that included a pick six. So once again, the offense managed just 13 points in that game. Now they're playing a Michigan defense that allowed their first play of 50 yards last week against Northwestern. It was a run, and maybe that's a little bit of concern, but it was the only score allowed by the Wolverines. So this is the best defense Michigan State will have faced up to this point, possibly that will face all season. And the big difference with Mike McDonald versus Don Brown is they are so good at limiting chunk plays. He doesn't put his secondary in as vulnerable positions. Um, the defensive scheme just fits this talent so much better. They are six nationally and allowing plays of 10 plus yards. I expect Aiden Hutchinson to control and, and that defensive front of Michigan to control the line of scrimmage against a, uh, MSU offensive line that really hasn't been tested by that much this season. And when they have, they haven't done as well. Um, you hear a lot of hype about Kenneth Walker the third as a Heisman Trophy candidate, and he is a good back. But both Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum are ranked ahead of him 
in PFF's uh, top five power five backs. Corum is number one. Hassan Haskins is number three with Bijan Robinson from Texas, another Heisman candidate type of guy. Um, uh, second, I expect Michigan will be able to get their offensive linemen in space and be able to run the ball off the edges against the Sparty defense. In addition to Michigan, as a big bet, I like under Michigan State, 23.5 points. Both of these teams may have underrated defenses, but believe it or not, the Wolverines are second in scoring defense nationally. Did you know that? What are the odds that a Michigan team could be second in scoring defense and people don't even know it? 14.3 points per game. Part of the reason for that is Michigan plays complementary football. They run the ball a lot. They run the ball very well and add a slow tempo, which plays into the defense's favor. So I think it's possible we could see Michigan, a uh, much maligned offensive passing game, hit some big plays against MSU. They have hit some big plays this season, and they've come close a bunch of times. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens and pushes this game over. Uh, and if Michigan builds a lead, I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan State turnovers but where I don't have doubt, you know, don't forget this Michigan team put up 38 points against Wisconsin. So where I don't have doubt, though, is in the Michigan defense. So I'm going to go with Michigan State under 23 and a half. I like that better than just taking the under in the game, which is 51. Another team total under that I'm taking here is under 21 points for Illinois. Both offenses stink, but Rutgers actually has a pretty solid defense. They're ranked 29th in SP+, which is by far the best unit from scrimmage from either team. Illinois does have a strong special teams. Meanwhile, the Illini are last in the conference in scoring at 18 points per game. That dips down to 15.2 points per game. Um, star running back Chase Brown, who has been cleared, left last game with concussion-like symptoms. So that does bear watching. If he takes some hits in this game, we already know Art Sikowski is out for the season, which means Brandon Peters is back at quarterback. He himself is also very injury-prone, and that's you know a bigger issue in this game with Sikowski already being out. And really, I mean, we're talking about Brandon Peters who between his time at Michigan and Illinois might be the most benched quarterback in college football. As a team, uh, they average 4.8 yards per pass, which is easily the worst in the Big Ten. Um, this is a, a completely one-dimensional offense, and Greg Schiano and his defensive coaches had an extra week to prepare for this offense. So I, I think Illinois is going to struggle moving the ball coming off their big win. Um, yes, Rutgers lost at Northwestern, but let's not forget, when they played Northwestern, they were coming off three straight games against Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Now they have that extra week off, and anyway, we don't need the Scarlet Knights to win. I'd actually like to see Illinois win, because I have them over three and a half wins on the season, so that would lock that up for me, but they just need to protect the football and keep Illinois at their scoring average. If they hold Illinois to 18, this is a winner. And, you know, despite their mediocre offense, something Rutgers does do well is control the ball 26th in time of possession. So that's something that also should help this total. All right, let's shift to Madison, Wisconsin, where we're going to once again double up on a team and double up on a team total. 
Now this game figures to be close and low scoring. So why not pick the side that you like to win the game and go with the opposing team's total under? And that's what I'm doing here. I think the Badgers actually have the better defense. Yes, I know Iowa's defense has gotten a lot more love and pub and that's because of all of the turnovers that they create and they are better at creating turnovers but overall I think Wisconsin's defense is more physical and more talented this is a Wisconsin defense that is second only to Georgia in total defense and yards per play now they're going to be going up against an Iowa offense that is 119th in the country in total offense and 121st in yards per play the Badgers have figured out who they are, and they've gotten back to their identity as a ball control running team. This is Badger football. This is in their DNA. In the past three games, they've rushed for 391 yards against Illinois, 198 yards against Army, and 290 yards last week in beating ranked Purdue. And a lot of that is due to the play of true freshman running back, Braylon Allen, who was an early enrollee, he reclassified, um, similarly to Quinn Ewers, uh, without much fanfare. He has gone over 100 yards in all three of those wins um, on their winning streak here. And prior to that, he only had 12 carries on the season. So he has been a big difference maker. They can run the ball, and they will not allow Graham Mertz to give the game away to Iowa. And that is a big reason why I'm also giving you, as a big bet, Iowa under 16.5 points. I know that sounds like a ridiculously number, low number. You know why? Because it is a ridiculously low number. But Iowa might have one of the worst offenses in the Big Ten. Um, we talked about their yards per play. They're 13th in the Big Ten in that. Only one team is worse, Indiana. Um, the only way they're scoring more than 16 points against this Wisconsin defense is if they create turnovers to set up easy points or score defensively. And I know what you're going to say, but here's the rub. I told you, Graham Mertz, they're not going to let him do that. He had 19 passes against Illinois. He had 15 passes against Army. And he had a total of eight passes last week against Purdue. You see a trend here? You see a trend? They're going to run the ball. And they're going to make sure that Mertz isn't going to make the big mistake to cost them the game. And the tempo of both teams, especially Wisconsin, which is sixth in time of possession, figures this should be a low-scoring game, and I just think Iowa will not be able to move the ball at all, at all, against this stout Wisconsin defense. Another big bet. Yeah, this is a big week here. we got a lot of games going on here. This is our last big bet. Purdue plus 7.5 against Nebraska. The Huskers are 3-5. and five. All three of their wins are by at least 25 points, right? So in theory, if Nebraska wins, they should cover because they lose the close games, which is accurate. They are 0-5 in one-score games, but, but out of those one-score games, three of the past four, Nebraska was the underdog, and the other two, they were on the road. So now they're a home favorite against a solid opponent basically for the first time this season. Now, Purdue has their flaws. There's no question about that. We saw them last week. But they are significantly better than the trio of Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern, those teams that the Huskers easily dispatched. In four seasons under Scott Frost, Nebraska has only won three Big Ten home games by double digits. Two of them came in his first season. One of them came against a really bad 
Illinois team. The other was this season against Northwestern, which was a game we were on with the Huskers. Um, that was one of our, I can't remember now if that was a bigger bet or a big, I think it might have been a biggest bet. We really loved uh, Nebraska there lane. It was like 11 and a half. I can't believe that line was low, but now it's seven and a half against a Purdue team. Both of those games were in Lincoln against a Purdue team that is much better than Northwestern. So the value here is with Purdue. Um, who had a letdown loss last week after beating number two Iowa the week before. That wasn't a shocker. We expect them to bounce back. They have a solid defense, ranked 23rd in SP+, 9th in scoring in the country, 16.3 points per game. They're 3rd in the Big Ten in pass defensive efficiency, 5th in pass defense nationally. Head-to-head, Scott Frost and Jeff Brom have split their four meetings. Brom took two of the first three uh, Frost's win was a one-point win. Last year was the COVID game, which I kind of throw out a little bit. Ultimately, why would you trust Scott Frost in Nebraska? Take the points here. They're giving you seven and a half. Take the points with Purdue. I know I do feel like a square sometimes when the game seems too easy and you're too surprised by the line, but I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it. I got to do it. There's no reason to believe in Nebraska, in my opinion. To to you know they could win the game. But to to say they're supposed to win comfortably, I think, you know, Vegas went a little too far with that line. All right, now let's go with our bigger bet. Those were our, our big bets. Uh, what do we got there? Five of them, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six big bets, actually. Six of them. I probably should have counted uh, in advance. Let's go with our one bigger bet. So this is a full unit. We're going under. 50 points in the Maryland-Indiana game. We have two teams here that are absolutely reeling. Maryland has lost their last three games all by at least 18 points and has averaged just 16.8 points per game in four Big Ten games. Their high high in Big Ten games is 20 points against Illinois, right? Against Illinois, and they scored, I believe, if, if I'm right, they, if I remember correctly, they scored 10 in like the last five minutes of that game. Right now, they're going up against a solid Indiana defense. They're twenty seventh in SP plus, a defense that, as I mentioned, held MSU's offense to thirteen points. If you don't include the pick six, an offense that is similar to the Terps stylistically, but better than Maryland's in Michigan State. Right, and Michigan State struggled to move the ball against them, especially when you factor in that the Terps are without their best offensive player their best overall player wide receiver Dante Demas um, who still is their leading receiver despite missing the past few games um, Jones is also out so that's two of their top three wide outs so there's no reason to expect why Maryland should have a big offensive game against Indiana meanwhile the Hoosiers are last in yards per play in the conference and have scored a total of 28 points in four Big Ten games that's right a total a total of 28 games in four games. And yes, I'm very well aware of who they've played. It's Iowa. It's Penn State. It's Ohio State. It's Michigan State. And yes, all of those defense are much better than Maryland's. But we're also going into this game knowing that the likelihood is that they're down to true freshman quarterback Donovan McCulley. My sources there in Bloomington said they'd be shocked if Tuttle is the guy um, this week on Saturday. So when you talk about McCulley, um, you have Pinnock's out. 
You have Tuttle expected to be out. Um, add into the fact that Dexter Williams, the second, who you you know you didn't think this was going to come into play, he's been out for the season since the start. He was expected to be the uh, third string quarterback. So basically, they're down to their fourth string quarterback, and they have a mediocre running game. Yet Indiana is managed to rank 27th in time of possession. So they do try to run the ball. They understand who they are and what they are in the sense of that they they are a limited offensive team with a strong defense. So they try to lean on that. And I don't see why I expect them to, to try to lean on that even more. So with the freshman quarterback who himself can run and the fact that Maryland is a defense that's 13th in yards per carry allowed in the Big Ten invites Indiana to run the ball and shorten the game. Um, it might not be as easy because hopefully the Terps have Brandon Jennings back this week. He's arguably Maryland's best run stopper early on in the season, despite being a true freshman. And he's finally back on the depth chart. He was listed as a co-starter for the first time in a month. So all of this, in my opinion, adds up to an under at, at what's a pretty high total for a Big Ten game at 50. Considering how bad these offenses have been and how solid Indiana's defense has been, I don't see an offensive explosion um, in this game. And then finally, our biggest bet, and that is Minnesota 7.5 against Northwestern. I think this is an absolute utter mismatch of a game, and this line kind of has me scratching my head but I, I am very confident in the Gophers. The preseason line for this game was two and a half for Minnesota. And just for some perspective, the, the last week's game against Michigan, the, Go, the Wildcats were a 24-point underdog with a preseason line of 10. Now, obviously, Michigan is uh, much improved and much better than people expected they would be, but that's a big adjustment. This adjustment is only two to seven and a half, and Northwestern, man, they 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 are they are really really bad, and and the Golden Gophers are kind of like Wisconsin Light in that they figured out who they are, and that's a power running ball control team. They're fifth in the country in time of possession. And this is despite losing their top two backs for the season, right? Um, they're both out, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim and Potts. But stepping in seamlessly, Kai Thomas, Marquise Bucko Irving, and Bryce Williams all have had 100-yard games in the past two games. And why are they able to do this with basically what amounts to their third, fourth, and fifth string running backs? Well, folks, you know, here's some dance planning for you. The skill position can be overrated. You know, most of these programs have multiple guys that can get the job done. The bigger issue is when you have injuries and you're going to the second, third team people along the offensive line. Now, this team has a very strong offensive line. They are big, they are experienced, they are talented, and they are getting better by the week. When you, you know, they, they stack up size wise against most NFL lines. Um, they're bigger than a lot of NFL lines. They'll regularly play six offensive linemen, sometimes even seven. Um, Coke Keith, the, their tight end, is the pro, fo pro football focus's highest rated power five tight end. And that's based mostly off his run blocking, on his run blocking ability. So I think it's a bad matchup 
for Northwestern. And, you know, the reason is if you listen to last week's column or if you, excuse me, if you read last week's column or listened to last week's podcast, you would have already known that Northwestern's run defense is not that good. They are worst in the Big Ten. So, yes, not that good. 120th nationally in yards per rush allowed. And, yeah, Michigan only scored 33 points, but the Wolverines, while covering the 24-point spread, left a lot of points on the field. We're talking about kicking a field goal on a fourth and two, a third and goal again from the two where they fumbled the ball, then a fourth down conversion that would have set up a first and goal inside the five-yard line, got negated by a uh, crackback block, which was not necessary to make the play work. And Michigan, instead of uh, maybe scoring a touchdown, ended up missing a field goal. So they could have given up a lot more points. And I'm guessing if you know Michigan had put up a 50-burger, which they easily could have, this line might be very different right now. Um, so I think that plays into our favor in terms of value. And if we want to continue on the theme of worse than the Big Ten, how about Northwestern's offense? They are ranked 108th by SP+. They're the only Big Ten team outside of the top 100 in offense by SP+. Plus, Minnesota's defense is 32nd. So that's yet another mismatch in favor of the Golden Gophers. And ironically, the only game I do not have a play on is the primetime game between Ohio State and Penn State. Hard to believe that last Friday, this line was available at 11.5 on DraftKings. Um, I wish I spoke about it on the podcast. You also had uh, Michigan. Uh, you could have grabbed Michigan laying two against Michigan State on DraftKings last Friday. So, But after that nine overtime debacle in Happy Valley, the line has jumped a full touchdown at every book in some places even more because it's starting to be about 50-50 between 18 and a half and 19 and a half so I think any value on the red hot surging Buckeyes is has been lost oh man but as bad as as bad as they were against Illinois Penn State is still a very talented team especially on defense they're coming off an embarrassing effort everybody out there is expecting a blowout uh, to me, this is just a pass. I do not like this game at all. I tried to find a total. I tried to find a, a, a total side. Nothing to me uh, jumped out. I could see this game going in a lot, a lot of different ways. Obviously, the only surprise would be a Penn State. Well, you know, a Penn State win would surprise me. But if Penn State kept it close, if um, Ohio State blew them out, if uh, Penn State didn't score. You know, if Penn State scores 7 or if they score 24, I wouldn't be surprised. If Ohio State scores 33 or 47, I wouldn't be surprised. So it's just a weird game to me, and it's just passed all over the place. All right, folks, let's recap it quickly. We have six, six count them, six Big Ten bets this week, big bets, and that is Michigan minus four against Michigan State. The under for Michigan State at 23.5. The under for Illinois at 21. Wisconsin minus 3 against Iowa. Under 16.5 points for Iowa. And Purdue plus 7.5 at Nebraska. Our bigger bet, those are all half units, our bigger bet. So there's, you know, 
a couple of games there that have a full unit in the game, but it's split up between the total and the side. Our bigger bet, which is a one-unit play uh, this season, eight and seven, under 50 points in the Maryland-Indiana game. And then finally, our biggest bet, which is uh, where we've made most hay this season, a winner last week, seven and two overall, plus 10 units, is Minnesota laying the seven and a half against Northwestern. Good luck to everybody. Um, make sure check out uh, my Twitter. Um, Dan the Big Man B1G Man, and you know I tweet a lot of stuff about gambling, and in addition to Big Ten football and other stuff that you can tell me I'm wrong about.